So now I'm with uh, Jack Hembro of AppSec Inc. Uh, he's just been telling me about some interesting things regarding uh, data theft and uh, particularly the TJX data breach. And he's going to tell us a little bit about his company and sort of how they address the finance industry. Hey Mike, how you doing? Good to see you again. Um, yeah, Application Security Inc., uh, AppSec Inc., New York City based, we've been around for six years. Uh, do a lot of business, as you might imagine, with the financial community here. Sure. And what we do is um, we work on security for databases. Two major areas are scanning the databases and monitoring the databases. Scanning to find where the databases are, what they're configured like, are they subject to flaws, are they patched, are they configured right, um, are they strong from a security point of view so the bad guy can't just walk up and sure. you know, start getting into your database. And then once we scan and find out the, you know, sort of the situation, lay of the land out there, we'll also monitor what goes on with the database. So that if, let's say you, um, let's say you aren't able to configure something as properly as you'd like to. Let's say you've got, you're a large financial institution, and you've got 5,000 databases out there, and Oracle came up with a new patch release today, and you can't patch all 5,000 by tomorrow, it might be nice to monitor what's going on over the wire and look for someone taking, uh, running an exploit that takes advantage of the fact patch that you're not you patching. Exactly. Just until you get a chance to, to update it. So we'll sit there and watch what goes down the wire and give you very detailed information about, boy, you know, this doesn't look right. If, for example, um, an application normally accesses credit card numbers, we're seeing a lot of that out there, um, and the application will go out and draw one credit card number from the database and compare it and say, yeah, this customer is valid or not. If something comes down and says, send me all of the data, all of the credit card numbers, a select all statement comes down the wire, probably something's wrong. Probably you don't want to send the entire database, the entire credit card list back to someone. We'll, like, we'll alert you to that. So it's, um, as I say, we're picking up good steam. Been around for five years, picking up good steam with the financial community. We think that uh, we're doing many of the things at the application layer or at the database layer that folks have been used to doing at the operating system or network layer. Right. We're just taking it to the top of the stack now and providing really good information to folks. Let me ask you a question. We, we, we talked briefly about the uh, TJX data breach, and I know that um, you, you know it's been a big issue, especially with users on our site, as far as like PCI sure. compliance goes. Do you have any anything to say about that? Or? We are. Interestingly enough, we're invested in by that little company out there, Visa. So one of our venture, uh, one of the people that's put money into our company is Visa. And yes, we're very we're very knowledgeable of PCI, and most of the PCI auditors are using our app detective product, our scanner, in the performance of their of their audits. Really? Okay. So it's it's a very nice fit. Um, of the twelve PCI compliance uh, items, we probably fit very nicely in about nine of them. We're not a firewall. Yeah, sure, but, sure, but sure. We can we could we address nine of the issues. Okay, okay thank you, Jack. Hey, from, thanks uh, for your time, Mike. Good to see you again. Okay, good luck. Take care. Okay, so now we're with Pierre Parkinson of Avigilon, and he's going to tell us a little bit about their um, uh, surveillance capabilities and how it may pertain to the finance industry. Right. Thanks very much. Yeah, the company name is Avigilon, and what we provide is a uh, it's an award-winning high-definition surveillance system. So very simply, in the past, where surveillance systems always captured poor quality images where you couldn't identify people, our systems are designed so that you can do identification of people in large areas. So for instance, you can reduce the number of cameras required to cover a lobby or to cover several tellers. You could just use one camera where in the past you've had to use many cameras 
archives and still not get uh, great images. We've been um, recently getting a lot of success in financial institutions where they're they're doing they're setting up our system anywhere where there's high quality or important documents that are being handled, uh, such as at the teller's office and at the count rooms. So simply, a vigilon just stands for much better images from your surveillance system. And this would be um, they would be able to access this remotely. That's right. So any of our systems, you can with a, just a standard web browser, you can access. There's obviously uh, security that you have to uh, that you have to you get challenged with a username and password at two different levels. But when our system's uh, installed, you can access it from anywhere that you've got a, an internet browser. So, so for example, if a certain financial institution they have multiple branches, they could actually have one central office administer this over all of their branches. That's right. That's Correct. exactly how the system works. Okay. Yes. I see uh, some of your um, displays up here. Really sharp technology. Um, anything else you want to add, or? Um, I think I think there's a there's a significant change that's starting to happen now in surveillance. Like people are no longer satisfied with the poor quality images. Like we're looking for this guy and, and it's Pixel Man. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I think people understand that they should be able to get better images because they've got these like multi megapixel like point and shoot cameras. Uh, what we bring to the surveillance industry is just very high quality images, and it's as easy to deploy as uh, as standard surveillance systems. Very good. Okay. Thanks, Pierre from uh, Avigilon. Great, thanks for your time. Okay, so now we're with uh, Scott McCarley of Beyond Trust, and he's going to give us a few words of wisdom on how their products and services address the finance industry. Sure. So uh, a lot of uh, corporations, finance corporations in, in particular, are looking to lock down their desktops and doing that by removing local administrative privileges. So when users log into their desktops, they'll log in just as a limited user. That has a number of security benefits. So one, they can't change the standard desktop image. So if you have a you know, standardized desktop, Users won't be able to disable security policy, change any settings, install software they shouldn't be installing. Additionally, they're provided uh, security from malware, spyware. So if you don't have admin privileges, that, that spyware and malware can't install on your computer and won't be able to leverage those privileges for malicious purposes. Okay. Also, if you had a malicious user in-house, they wouldn't be able to do as much harm without admin privileges. So would you say you guys are um, kind of addressing the insider threat a little bit? I think that's a, that's a major topic for financial institutions, maybe it's uh, even an administrator. Sometimes people may or may not know that they're doing something malicious, but... Absolutely. So without admin privileges, basically, you know, what you could do maliciously, intended or unintended, is greatly reduced. Okay. So the harm that can be done is reduced. Okay. Um, what happens, though, when people take away admin privileges is that certain applications no longer work, people can't uh, connect to a local printer, can't download uh, an ActiveX control like the latest Flash player. All these things they need to do for their job. And what we provide is a solution to allow you to manage those exceptions. So you take away admin privileges from everyone and you use our software to grant the, the applications or the processes that these people need to do for their job to grant the process the elevated privileges. So the user always remains locked down, but they now can run whatever software, whatever they need okay. to do with elevated so access to applications. That's exactly right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Scott from uh, Beyond Trust. All right. Thank you. Thank you.
Okay, so now we're with Robert Jansen with the uh, Brazilian government for IT strategies. Yes, worldwide. Worldwide IT strategies. He's going to tell us a little bit about the uh, Brazilian information security and finance industry. Thank you, Mike. Uh, well, Brazil uh, is not it's the hidden jewel, probably, but some of the people in the industry, especially the financial service industry, realize that Brazil is one of the top three banking automation providers. Uh, and the reason for that is, uh, first, our structure, the way the banking segment is structured, is a little bit different like if you compare it to the United States, where in the United States, you have almost 9,000 banks. We even have the neighborhood yeah. bank. Yeah, uh, Brazil, about close to 18,000. Thousand uh, institutions among uh, yeah. banks and credit unions. Exactly. And, yeah. Well, Brazil only has 300. Okay. Uh, and so you talk about the top four banks. Each one of them has thousands of branches. And you're talking about a country that's the size of the United States. Actually, it's bigger if you count Alaska and Hawaii out of the sure, account. Sure. Uh, nevertheless, so that's one of the reasons. Uh, it's a concentrated, more consolidated type of structure. The other reason is that we lived for a long time a high inflationary period. I don't know if you try to realize what it is to live at an environment at 80% inflation a month. That represents almost 2% a day. Wow. That would probably make you, if you were to have that here in New York, once you arrive at JFK Airport, you negotiate your cab ride fee on the way in. Because if you do it on the way out, it would be already more expensive. Sure, sure. Uh, because of that, the banks, uh, they had to find a way to protect their portfolio, protect more, more even their spread. So the only way they could do that was investing in technology. So they invested heavily in technology and automation so they could be working always in real time because money was just you know burning in their pockets. Sure. And so that helped develop the IT industry as a whole. Still today, most of IT purchases, you're talking about over 50%, over between 50 and 55% of Brazilians' local IT purchases come from the finance sector. So because of that, uh, Brazil has developed uh, a very highly sophisticated banking automation and software industry, and obviously security, because security is a very important layer of that. Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, are you based in New York? Uh, we're actually based in uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh, if I give you a check from my California checking account, how long will it take you to cash that here in New Jersey? Two days, I think. Well, seconds in Brazil for the same distance. Yeah, uh, there is a. Uh, they have also created what they call the Brazilian payment system, which is a consolidation for the clearing, check clearing, uh, in which everything is done in real time. Really, a high level of security around it. Uh, other cases that we use, and it's not so associated with the finance industry, but and I know here in the United States there had been some problems with with electronic balloting. Uh, you know, Lula, our current president, was just re-elected, and nine hours and 23 minutes after elections were closed. You knew who won. We knew who won. <laughs> and not only the president, we knew all the governors, we knew all the councilmen, we knew all, every single person that was uh, running for office, we knew the outcome of that election. Very interesting. And because everything is automated electronically, uh, and we also have a very high level of security. Uh, one of the things that uh, uh, sometimes people uh, hit on us is that if you look at the hackers' charts, charge, Chart, pardon me, resist top three by the hackers. But that stands, you know, if you're looking from a different perspective, you know, the hacker environment, the hackers, they have a very high level of intellectual assets. Sure, sure. Right? 
it's just how they apply it, if they apply it for the bad or for the good. So, but there's intelligence there, right. right? So the reason why Brazil has high-level, sophisticated IT security solutions is because he has that high level of intellectual assets there. Right, right. right? Yeah, we do have the hackers that are applying it in a bad way, but you have a lot of other hackers that are applying it in a very good way. And by the way, hacker is a name that should not really be used because uh, you probably remember this. Can you hack that problem? Yeah, I sure. I can hack it. Sure, sure, sure. Right? So it has a negative connotation. Yeah, we so, understand. Yeah. So because of that, and then again, the other thing that has helped Brazil uh, really be uh, a very highly sophisticated developer in IT industry is that uh, we have a very diversified development platform, all the way from mainframe down to open source, you know, coming through all the different varieties and flavors that you have in platform developments that uh, Brazil has it deployed, employed all over the country. Okay. See, we're a federation as well. 27 states, and because of that, everyone has their own autonomy, and they can choose whichever type of system they want to implement. Okay. So you have states that are very focused on mainframe, others are not. Uh, so that would help, what? You have to develop professional skills to actually attend to the needs of all of those platforms. Okay. So so, so let me understand, what are you guys, are you guys just promoting this at the show, or what, what are you actually... We're doing two things. We're doing institutional branding as Brazil IT. Okay. Right? Listen, when you're looking at uh, outsourcing IT services or you're looking for new vendors uh, that can actually attend to your needs, check out the Brazilian solutions. Okay. They can come in and be a puzzle fit for what you need. Okay. So that's the institutional branding. The other more, uh, uh, objective is more like I call a laser beam matchmaking in which we're trying to find companies that actually have a need for one of the solutions that are being here. Okay. That are present here. Such as a risk manager from Modulo uh, it's already present in the market. NYU uses it right. locally. Uh, True Access, which we were talking to, they have a, a high-end uh, HSM module, which stands for Hardware Security Module, okay. with uh, uh, cryptography embedded in it. It has a high level of cryptography. You're talking about a 128-bit key. Mm -hmm. uh, and it integrates automatically digital certification management and authentication for okay. all your networks. Very important. Yeah. Uh, CertiSign, PKI Management Services. Okay. Uh, and uh, if we look here, they're not all here, but everyone here has a special, like this is MSS. They're very keen MSS. Open uh, is focused in only servicing mobile solutions for the finance sector. Okay. Because, you know, the finance sector is going mobile all oh, over the place. Absolutely, right? absolutely. And that's what all they did. They actually were born out of a, a big warehouse distributor horizontal across the board, like a Walmart distributor. Right, right, right. And that had that to... Wireless, yeah, wireless services to yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so they actually did a spin-off to attend to their customers in the banking industry. Sure. And now they become one of the top companies in the in the segment for providing mobile security solutions for the finance sector. Very interesting. Well, we were doing presentations here, uh, five-minute presentations. We call this the one-to-many strategy. So you sit here, sure. watch for a five-minute presentation. Oh, I like that. I want to know more about it. So you go then into a one-to-one -one sure, situation. Sure, sure. Yep, yep, I understand. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, um, Robert, I won't take any more time. I really appreciate you sitting down with me. I think our users are going to find this very interesting. Haven't really covered too much of the Brazilian angle. Um, so I'm sure it'll uh, I'm yeah. sure they'll find it worthwhile. I'd just like to add one more thing sure, for absolutely. your clients and your readers. Uh, if they like to know more about us, uh, just ask us on our site. Sure. It's, it's right there. It will be linked in the, in the interview. All right. Okay? Mike.
Okay, so now we're with Sean Gore of Brevo Systems, and uh, Sean's going to tell us a little bit about um, how their company addresses access control and how it might be um, relevant to the finance industry. When you take a different approach from traditional access control system manufacturers in terms of we are actually offer a hosting service to our clients. So why is it this important? Because if a, a uh, end user such as a bank has multiple retail applications, now they're able to stick a controller out in the field, hook up their readers to it, and now they can administer it from either regional offers or they can administer it from also the branch location. So we can have a tiered administration to the system. Another way that we're a little bit different is now the customer doesn't have to load the software into their own computers on-site or build a network because the network is inherent into the panel. The panel will automatically go back to our hosting service where we have 128-bit uh, SSL encryption and we also have data certificate at the panel end and at our software end. And we monitor that 24 hours, 7 days a week for the customer. Okay. Now, is this the, when we say access control, is this just for like physical entry into a building or is it... It's physical entry into a building so they can actually put the schedule of uh, unlock time for the front door, say, for example, if they're open from 9 to 5, Monday to Friday to the public, okay. we can automatically set unlock their door to set the schedule for them. And then we can put schedules for their employees, their normal employees, we can schedule them. And even if they're open up on a Saturday, we can schedule them for a Saturday. Also, if they have a contractor or a cleaning crew coming in, they can set them up on a different schedule, say, for example, if they're coming in on a Tuesday and a Thursday after hours, then you can maintain them within those hours. Now, is this just um, literally just opening and closing the door, unlocking it, or is there like a badge or something that you need to actually get into? We, we also have a badging facility that they can make up, and so now each employee could have a, a photo badge associated with them. It could also be put into their employee record. Hmm. Um, also with our system, we make it easy for the, if an employee leaves or loses a card, they're able to go into the system and delete that uh, particular card and reissue a new card to the employee. It's deactivated. Right. Very interesting. Well, thanks for the uh, the words of wisdom. Sean Gore from uh, Brevo Systems. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, so now we're with uh, Teresa Wu, who's with uh, Cogent Systems, and she's going to tell us a little bit about uh, what the company does and how they may address the uh, banking and finance industry. Okay. So uh, Cogent has been in business in 17 years. We started with a fingerprint identification system for police, law enforcement agency, then government, and we have we use the expertise we gain to put it into a com smaller com commercial system. Uh, for access control. So basically, uh, we manufacture a fingerprint biometric access control reader I mean, in different flavors, different variety versions. So we have fingerprint only access control reader, so you can store fingerprint template on the device and you can just use a finger to access, gain access to uh, entrance points. Okay. Um, would you use it, um, you know, let's say in the case of a bank or a credit union, would it just be for, let's say, gaining entrance into a building or is it any location inside? Inside of the institution, or yeah, inside the institution, the buildings, like to a room, like a data center, for okay. example, need to be secure. Not everybody can go in because those financial information are critical. Right, right. And you can um, 
uh, actually there's a lot like in the police agency they do the same thing too in the IT room they have uh, biometric control to limit access to only those people that can have access okay to. so very important for IT yes the, the beauty of having a biometric is that you don't you cannot pass the key around it's your key is tied to you right so even the card we can tie the biometric with the card and and so if you give your card to somebody else the, your, your buddy cannot use it right because right. or you lost it drop the floor people pick it up and want to go and use it they can't use it because they have to validate with your car hmm. we have multiple ways to do authentication we have one factor we can be fingerprint only token uh, cards two factor can be fingerprint and cards or pin and card or mm -hmm. pin and, pa and uh, pin and cards and then you have three factors is pin card and fingerprint hmm. it's what you have what you know and who you are okay basics of authentication strong exactly. authentication very exactly. good exactly and good. biometric tie into that that overall structure hmm. and um, so that it's for physical access control and biometric can also be implemented for network access right right now, more okay. and more, that was going to be um, my next question yeah yeah more and more computer have biometric um, sensor in there right so you can log into a pc so locally as a client base but you can also implement it in uh, enterprise-wide structure where the authentication occurs on a server before you can access to a certain network or folders that it has to be securely um, you know controlled um, we you can also also start seeing um, biometric like in your USB portable devices USB key USB storage key can very easy to lost and right. you have data on it so it has to be secure and Kojun uh, was one of the first to do that with Nexa, uh, we uh, we integrated our matching algorithm into the Nexa uh, USB key. Okay. Um, now other sensor uh, manufacturer use our algorithm to do stitching. So we are in a several level, in different level of the whole security scheme. Hmm. So um, logical access, physical access. Uh, we also provide like to some state agency background check services for fingerprint. Like we when the employee need to be fingerprinted to do yeah, background yeah, check right, and right. clear and get employed. Hmm. Uh, Cochin provides it a lot that power solution as well. Very interesting. We, we provide the, uh, the live scans. Um, so that could be used for like HR as well. I mean, that's, that's also very important for, yes. uh, you know, financial institutions, uh, background checks and who's actually working there. We provide that part as well, fingerprinting services. Um, most likely it's managed by state. So like we have the state of uh, uh, Pennsylvania for the Department of Education for the teachers. We have uh, Georgia. We have Florida. We have Tennessee, Ohio. Some are web-based, some are not, depending on the regulation of the state. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we also shortlisted with the FBI, and wow. we're in the validation process to build up the network, so called the channeling, so we can provide fingerprint service, and we submit the, the, the search, the background check request to the FBI direct for the for the company. But that's in process, not done yet. Okay. So, All right. Well, thank you very much, Teresa Wu with uh, Cogent Systems. Thank you. Okay. Okay.
Now we're with Don Ruiz from CypherPass, and he's going to give us a few words of wisdom on secure email for the finance industry. So with respect to the finance industry and the growing concerns over secure email and secure communications, CypherPass addresses that by using two different solutions for secure email. They're both PKI enabled with uh, strong military grade encryption. One is an appliance that allows uh, companies in the finance industry to uh, filter and and their content for spam, for um, content and leakage, and allows them to send information from the gateway to end users externally. As well, we have a desktop solution uh, that does end-to-end encryption and encrypts all data at rest. Okay. Any Anything you want to say specific to any of the regulations? I noticed you guys address uh, GLBA, Sarbanes-Oxley, especially uh, SB 1386 is a big one. Right. So with our solutions, it, it, these, if you implement our solutions for this encrypted email solutions, you become compliant with GLBA, Sarbanes-Oxley, SB 1386. It addresses uh, the FFIEC um, um, authentication. authentication, not regulations per se. There's no authentication guidance. There's a guidance, yep. correct, um, as well as HIPAA. So, but okay. with, with respect to the um, uh, financial industries and FFIEC and their push for two-factor authentication, we use digital certificates. You can also put it on a smart card, two-factor authentication, or you can put it on a USB token as well. Very interesting. Okay, thanks a lot. Don Thank from uh, CypherPass. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so now we're with Andrew Lee of ESET. You said, yeah. And he's going to give us a few words of wisdom on who their company is, the types of products and services they offer, and how they may address the finance industry. Okay, so um, clearly one of the the most important issues uh, threatening enterprises, including finance organizations, and probably particularly finance organizations, is uh, is the malware threat. A lot of malicious software out there is directly targeted at, at stealing users' information fraudulent uh, for fraudulent purposes. So for actually getting it out there, trying to use phishing attacks or whatever it is uh, but not only that but you know, installing uh, malicious software on the machine through whatever means it is major issues for financial institutions and it's a, it's a huge thing for a lot of enterprises for definitely for the finance industry where they you know they have a lot of sensitive data about the the customers that they have and all those kind of things so what we what we do is we address that we address the malware issue and uh, rather than a more traditional model where you would be looking at you know getting an update and Installing it and running it on your your system after the fact, after the malware is already there. Yeah, you know, right, right. It's a kind of Clean reactive up. model. You're really finding you're downloading those updates to find out something bad happened. And uh, instead, we take a proactive approach where we're actually um, using a technique called heuristics, which inside of our software uh, emulates the behavior of what that file is doing, works out if it's doing something bad that it shouldn't do, it, and cuts it down right at that point, stops it proactively. Uh, it's been in independent testing it's shown to be extremely effective well ahead of all of our, our competition in fact there isn't really that much competition yeah, yeah. In, in that sounds like a very space. unique product yeah uh, and we combine that with um, with another thing which is a real pain point for a lot of people is you know these huge bloated suites which are enormous and they take a lot of a big performance hit on the machine when you're running it it's almost like you bought your machine just to run security software yeah, right, you know? right. uh, so we actually address that by having being extremely fast very lightweight, 
micro nimble uh, technology which typically has extremely low overhead on a, on a normal system okay. so uh, very very fast very very good high detection rates and proactive and that's uh, that really sums up what we do and uh, the company is a global company ESA has offices uh, in Slovakia in Central Europe we have offices in San Diego in California uh, yeah I've seen you guys a lot over the past couple of years yeah it seems like yeah. you've come on the map recently. definitely yeah. grow, definitely growing uh, and distribution in over 80 countries now in the world um, in fact distribution in, in 100 countries excuse me and uh, I want to ask you I mean you, you brought up fishing before I mean yeah. can you give me I mean I don't need to know you know exactly how the software works or anything sure. but well, how can it how can it sort of address fishing issues well one of the interesting things about fishing is I mean it's, it's related to spam I mean it, it is it is a kind of a spammy thing but it's also a unique enough thing to be uh, to, to be considered uh, you know, malicious in its own right and uh, whereas a lot of spam is just annoyance uh, phishing is definitely a, a malicious thing it's definitely trying to steal your your data and uh, but, but the phishing attacks have very typical kind of um, look and feel about them you know they're, they're, they're usually targeted at a recognized organization like a bank or uh, some kind of uh, financial site they are use they tend to use some kind of techniques so let's, let's say for instance you know, it will present a URL to the user which will say you know uh, mybank.com and underneath that IP is pointing address to some IP yeah. address that doesn't resolve back to that name or doesn't look like that name uh, it, it's using some kind of keywords which will say something like I know your, your accounts deactivated or you there is a problem with your account mm -hmm. so we can actually build um, through an analysis of the message we can actually build a picture of what that message is is, is about and whether it's really um, we, we can kind of score it as a, according to what it looks like and then we decide whether it's phishing a phishing attack or not and that all happens right there on the client machine as and, the, the and then what happens in. when it comes in does it mark it as a phishing it will attempt mark it, up, it, will, it will alert the user and say uh, this we think this is a we, we think this is a phishing attack and it will hmm. come up and say mark it something like phishing.gen so a generic phishing uh, attack very interesting so now I could see this I could see this definitely being of um, you know very important for let's say an employee you know all of the employees across the financial institution it'd be interesting to see how this um, sort of plays out into uh, like consumers or end users I mean is that kind yeah. of a strategy for you guys or have you thought about that or we, we, we are very um we have very flexible software. I mean, our user base runs right from you know one or two, one or two users, and uh, right up to. It. And the thing to remember is that in, in most enterprises, you know, it, all of your users are also home users. You know, pretty right. much everyone has a computer. True. A lot of people now work from home. A lot of people work remotely. They work in airports, in hotels, in, in you know in their home, and their kids are messing with the computer. So mm -hmm. the threats are just as real for for a home user as they are for an enterprise user. And um, particularly if you know if you're if you're using uh, a home system to access your work system that's a real area of vulnerability so you need to be able to address that uh, with, with a you know, kind of a proactive approach as well sure okay very interesting well thank you very much uh, Andrew from ESET yeah okay thanks a lot yeah
Okay, so now we're with Matthew Allen of Norman. He's the technology and forensic analyst with them. And he's going to give us a few words on um, how their product and services apply to the finance industry. Uh, yeah, we're here with uh, Norman and uh, uh, we're marketing our sandbox analyzer tools, which actually were um, originally made for um, some large uh, finance institutions, uh, specifically uh, banks. And uh, we found that uh, they saw our information center online, the sandbox information center, and uh, they want to take that in-house and, uh, and look at their targeted threats themselves, so we gave them the full capabilities of Sandbox, and we found that there's um, this applies to pretty much anybody that has a security team, and so we've, our banks have had uh, a lot of success, and uh, they've been able to save a lot of time and, and uh, money as they need to respond to these threats, um, and they've been able to help their customers uh, a lot with these tools. So, so it's kind of like a real-time threat analyzer? Is that yeah, exactly. We uh, automate your reverse engineering process uh, so you don't have to sit down uh, with your debugger and your VMware environment and your different tools around that and spend 20 minutes or 30 minutes uh, debugging this thing to see exactly what it does. All you need to do is drop it into our software. Within 15 or 20 seconds, you have a report back exactly what it's doing, uh, where it's sending your customer information to different uh, servers, um, wherever that might be, and you can quickly respond, um, alert your customers, uh, whatever you need to do to uh, mitigate that threat. Okay. Is, is there anything that you see as far as uh, like compliance issues with this? I mean, does it address any sort of compliance issues? Um, anything to do with authentication or insider threat or anything like that? Uh, not really. This is this is specifically for um, reverse engineering only. Um, it can address things if, if it's something that's going on in the code. Um, you know, you'll be able to see that, but it's not nothing, not, not a tool specifically looking for those things. Okay. Um, it would be up to the customer to, to dig deeper into the code using right. our so tools. So it's really like an IT-centric type of product. Uh, yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks again. Uh, Matthew with uh, Norman. Yep. Thanks Thank a you. lot. Thank you, Mike. So now we're here with Gadi Peran of On SSI, and he's going to tell us a little bit about their uh, surveillance systems and how um, some of their banking clients are using their systems. All right, On Surveillance System uh, basically provides an IP-based video surveillance uh, solution, uh, which means we are uh, utilizing the uh, IP network in order to uh, record video, analyze uh, information, and deliver information to different uh, clients. Uh, in a banking environment, for example, uh, you can uh, deploy IP cameras in the banks. Uh, you can do video analysis in, in behavior of people, uh, especially if you're looking for uh, potential uh, hold-up and, mm -hmm. and uh, like robbery, robberies and so on, and you can actually the video analytics can analyze it. And then the system can automatically, uh, other than of course record it, but also automatically alert the command and control center or the police department by not only sending alarm, but also send the video uh, clip or the video stream directly to the uh, to the system, uh, either the con command and control center or into uh, the police, uh, you know, vehicle. We also provide um, a link within the bank, a Wi-Fi secure link for police vehicles that don't require any software, just a web browser, to be able to log into the bank.
bank. In case there is uh, a case you cannot get or access to the bank, you can access the uh, cameras in the, in the bank hmm. right away. Uh, the interface includes uh, graphical user interfaces. You can see over here of the facility, which you can actually go in and look at the floor plan, uh, click yeah. on the camera, and get video stream from that specific uh, specific camera and see actually what's going on inside. So there's a lot of uh, faces for the for the software. Yeah. Uh, and when you do it over IP networks, basically the video is accessible. Of course, with all the security uh, access security that is right, built right. on that um, and into uh, the system. So for a bank or a financial institution that may have many branches, they can sort of deploy this over many branches, but have access to all of the surveillance from one location. Absolutely. From a main we, office. We have uh, financial institutions that have uh, literally hundreds of locations around the world, and everything, for example, can be monitored from one location, you know, like New York City. Right, right. We have a command control center and access every of the offices, look at the camera live, as well as the historical information, do a search for, for a video, or use bookmark that's created by video analysis to look for certain behavior. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a branch office or, or, or just an office space mm -hmm. for the bank. So, you know, it can be a bank, branch, or office. Very interesting. Well, I'm looking at the uh, the monitor right now. It's a very nice uh, interface, um, something that should be seen by all of our users. And again, um, thank you. Uh, thank you for the words of wisdom. Again, Gadi Peron from On SSI. Thank you. Yeah. Good. So now we're with Elliot Leibowitz of Orange Business Solutions, and um, he's going to sort of introduce the company and tell us a little bit more about their information security services and products. Yeah, so Orange Business Services is a global security solutions provider. Um, we have one of the largest global networks in the world covering 220 countries and territories. And of, of course, we provide services around uh, the network. So um, we're here at InfoSecurity to talk about our security services. We are the fourth largest uh, global managed security services provider. Okay. So we provide managed firewall, managed intrusion prevention, okay. uh, VPN services, uh, web filtering, um, and we can do these either as a managed service or as consulting services. Can you tell me a little bit about how um, you know any of your uh, financial uh, services clients may use you know your products and services? Well, sure. Uh, you know, a lot of organizations are now looking at focusing on what their core business is. So, you know, if your core business is banking, you, you don't want to exhaust resources on configuring firewalls. Right, right. Right. So, outsourcing. So, yeah. Now, now, three or four years ago, it it was it was unheard of, especially for a financial services organization, to, to outsource something like their firewalls. But companies are realizing that when they outsource. You know, they maintain ownership of the rules and and uh, the policies. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing that they're outsourcing is the guy sitting at the keyboard entering the configuration. Right, right. It's a body. I mean, it's, exactly. it's time. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Elliot Leibowitz from uh, Orange Business Solutions. All right. Thank you. Okay, so now we're with uh, Dato Lee of RCG, and he's going to tell us a little bit about some of their biometrics, RFID, and security solutions. Okay, basically RCG is the company uh, we formed in 1999. Um, 
are listed in the London Stock Exchange in year 2004. Um, we are specialized in uh, biometric, RFID and uh, security business. Um, in biometric wise, we are specialized in fingerprints and facial recognitions. And uh, in RFID, we are more on the solution provider. Okay. Okay. And uh, we also do some consumer electronics product related to biometrics, okay. like uh, fingerprint cigar box and uh, virtual visions. Uh, well, the market is basically on access control. Okay. Our market size is more on access control by using now, biometrics. One of your uh, associates told me that I think um, where your main offices are located, you do have oh, quite okay. a few financial we, institutions. Yes, yes, yes. We are our headquarters is in Hong Kong. Okay. We have a, a regional office in Beijing, Shenzhen, Macau, Malaysia, Dubai, and uh, South Africa. I think you yes. said in, in Dubai you had a, a heavy concentration of sort of uh, financial services, financial uh, clients. Yes, yes, we have quite a number of financial clients. And like how are banks. how are they how are they using your? Uh, basically, they deploy in uh, customer service uh, orientated uh, uh, division. Uh, like for example, access control is there. Mm -hmm. They use it for access control as well as customer service. For example, like they utilize our FX alert systems, as you can see over there, which is a what we call member finder. So usually, if in a bank environment, if you have um, a special uh, place for a VIP customers, okay, all right. So when the VIP customer walk into the front desk. And uh, your reception will be able to identify your customers okay. and you can address them by name. Hmm. So that makes your, it's a personalized service. Right, right, So right. Your, your client will be very happy and very surprised at how, how do you know my name? Right, right, you know? right. sure, sure. So <clears throat> instead of applying it in security division, we also apply in customer service divisions. Hmm. And uh, we also introduce this uh, uh, system to allies for their VVIP uh, okay. messengers. Right. You know, we so also maybe like casinos or something. Maybe. Yeah, we yeah. are also <laughs> applied in casinos basically to to track the uh, high roller player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so that they know basically they like champagnes. You know, they like, sure. like more towards customer service. Interesting. Uh, uh, sectors. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. Well, thank you very much again. This is uh, Dado Lee from RCG. Yep. Thank yeah. you very much. Okay, now we're with uh, Tim Roddy from Secure Computing Corporation, and he's going to give us a little bit of words of wisdom on uh, who their company is and how they address the finance industry. Thanks, Mike. Uh, thanks for everyone joining us today. Um, Secure Computing is one of the leading enterprise gateway security companies in the world. We're a public organization with revenues close to $300 million a year, and we have uh, customers uh, who deploy our security solutions to protect their networks worldwide. Uh, our solutions include uh, firewalls to protect the network gateway, and behind the firewall, while we have two different uh, gateway solutions, one called IronMail to protect all email traffic for the organization, and one called WebWasher, our web gateway security solution to protect all web traffic uh, for all organizations. So basically, your end users in, within your organization are sitting at their desktops, and they're using either the browser or their email client to communicate in and out of the network. And we're able to protect both of those applications and the data coming in, as well as data leakage leaving the organization. This is particularly important for national services institutions because obviously we've got a lot of rules and regulations that apply to financial service organizations worldwide uh, regarding data leakage. You can't have you know customer account information
information, sensitive financial right. information, uh, keeping the leaking, leaking out. So it's very important to protect that data leakage. And of course, all organizations in banking and in other industries as well are very worried about malicious attacks upon them. Uh, can that, that will come in either via web protocols or via email. I was just going to say, um, what, what, would you say you address anything uh, as far as sort of like an insider threat goes? Um, kind of like, you know, uh, uh, maybe they're trying to send some information outside of the network that they shouldn't be? Yes, we uh, our products uh, have the ability to uh, apply rules to data leaving the organization, either via the web and with Web 2.0 applications, it could be a blog or a wiki, for example, hmm. or via uh, maybe employees using their personal email and uh, right. uh, logging onto it, like a Gmail or something like that, uh, and you could, for example, stop any attachments from leaving the organization. Hmm. Uh, same thing on, on the corporate use of email as well. Rules can be put in place to stop that data leak, so you can have rules in effect to look for specific patterns, social security numbers, the the patterns that your account informations are set up uh, for as an organization. You can look for that kind of information to minimize uh, uh, the chance of that uh, going out. Nothing's 100%, but we're yeah, sure, looking, sure, looking, sure, looking sure. To, to minimize and put multiple layers of protection in place. And all of this is powered by our trusted source reputation system, which is a global reputation system, which is the, the next thing here to provide additional security uh, for Internet access, because it's impossible now to be reactive in uh, stopping threats. I mean, reactive uh, protections are always find the threat, identify it, put a signature in place. You can't do that anymore with stuff showing up and disappearing within hours. Right, right. So you have to attach those, those, those zero-hour hour, uh, threats by being very proactive and trusted source powers our email, our web, and our network gateway solutions to help stop spam attacks, to stop people from going to websites that are malicious. Interesting. Okay. Tim Roddy with uh, Secure Computing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Okay, so now we're with Jody Detzel of SpectreSoft, and he's going to give us a few words of wisdom on uh, how their products and services address the finance industry. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, SpectreSoft has been in business about nine years. Uh, we started with a product called Spectre Pro, uh, which focuses on uh, monitoring how consumers, uh, especially parents, monitor how their kids are using the PC. Um, we've leveraged that technology, and several years back, we went into the corporate market. We've been doing this now for about five years in the corporate space, um, allowing organizations, uh, notably in the financial industry, to ensure compliance with any relevant rules and regulations to make sure uh, and have auditable proof that uh, the folks on their, in their organization were handling data in an appropriate manner, were acting in an appropriate and a fiscally appropriate manner, uh, and or uh, to have proof, if for whatever reason they were not, that they can then take and use as evidence uh, if need be for insider threat issues. Okay, so insider threat is a huge issue with uh, financial institutions, I know. And I see you guys address a number of different areas, everything from uh, instant messaging to uh, web usage to um, emails. Absolutely. Our Spectre 360 product allows for, at a glance, the knowledge if uh, if a user is going to an inappropriate website, if they're sending attachments to uh, to anyone else in email or in webmail, if they're having uh, conversations on chat or instant message or, uh, frankly, any any word that they may use that you have a concern uh, across your entire organization, I can search for any word I want and determine where it was used. If it was used in an email, if it was used in Microsoft Word, if it was used in Excel, if it was used in, uh, in a chat session, I can find it. I can have alerts that are generated. If someone uses this word or 
or opens this file, send me an email. Let me know. If uh, Who is printing the most documents? Who's sending stuff off to a USB drive? Who's writing stuff off to a DVD burner? Why? I want to go find that out. I can not only see that they have, I can see the screenshots show me the activity immediately before and immediately after that to see exactly what they were doing. So when I say we're talking about enforcing compliance, we're talking about acceptable use policies as far as the machine. Real time. Real time. We're also talking about the opportunity to go back and capture this information digitally. And there's been quite a few occasions, which is not the place you want to be, but where our products have been used in the course in the course of a court of law to, again, prosecute whether it's somebody externally or somebody internally in the communications they were having electronically. Very interesting. Okay, Jody from uh, Spectresoft, thank you very much. Thanks a lot.